Now is the time to join the D.C. family. Secure your season ticket membership for the 2021 season today for as little as $100 per seat and lock in all the exclusive benefits of D.C. 12 Club membership. Call 202-661-5050 or visit dc12club.com to learn more. Wizards fans, welcome to another episode of the Off the Bench podcast presented by the Alley Bubba Group and part of the Wizards Podcast Network. All podcasts on the Wizards Podcast Network are available wherever you get your podcasts and are featured on Wizards Radio 24-7 and the Wizards app. You can follow the Wizards Podcast Network on Twitter, at WashWizardsPN, and please subscribe, download, rate, and review wherever you listen. I'm Jackson Philly on today's episode of Off the Bench. Zach Rosen, Chris Gehring, and I talk about what the Wizards need to do to qualify for the postseason, preview their first two games against Phoenix and Brooklyn, and more. All right, guys, the Wizards are about to begin basketball that counts again. I'm not going to say we're back. I feel like we've strained that phrase a lot over the last few weeks. It feels like we've been back for a bit at this point. But Friday afternoon, the Wizards are going to play a basketball game that counts. Uh, And we're going to get started here with the WGL power to the playoffs. You can check out WashingtonWizards.com for a one-stop look at everything the Wizards need to do to qualify for this postseason. So let's start there, guys. I think – when people look at the standings and have an understanding that there are eight seeding games happening now, it's easy for fans to lose track of the fact that the Wizards and any team on the outside looking in doesn't necessarily need to make up all of the games that uh, they currently trail the eight seed for. The Wizards just need to get within four games of whoever is at eight. Um, so that would be right now 1.5 games back of the Magic or two full games back of the seven seed net. So it's not as daunting a task as it might look like if you're just looking at the standings any other normal year a couple weeks out from the start of the playoffs so when when you look at the Wizards schedule and we've talked a lot about how important that Brooklyn game is going to be and the the Magic and Nets matchups um, you know what are you guys looking at in terms of what the Wizards need to do over the course of these eight games just to get over that very small one and a half or two game hump that they need to cover well, first of all, I think it goes without saying they're going to need help. Um, they can control what they can control, um, and that's what they will focus on. And it starts with those first two games, uh, Phoenix and Brooklyn. But beyond that, they're going to need some help. I mean, the Nets have a really tough schedule. Uh, they play the Magic twice. They basically need the Magic to win both of those games. And frankly, they need the Nets to, to win as few games as possible. Um, it, it's definitely not um, impossible, but it's going to be a challenge. And uh, if the Wizards play good basketball, go 500, I think they put themselves in a really good place to, to make the playoffs. But um, again, they're going to need help because uh, they don't control their own destiny. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they have an opportunity to get in, you know, getting into a playoff game for a play-in situation, I think would be a huge victory. For, for this team and certainly we're talking about if you're getting into a if you figure that the magic are, are fairly full strength and maybe they jump a next team that is not even close to its full strength um when you're looking at a play-in scenario against um either orlando or brooklyn if you get one with brooklyn and you need to win two games i mean that's that's a i think the wizards would like their chances or at least um be energized by that by that possibility of course that's a long way down the road because it really starts tomorrow against phoenix talking about games that are on the schedule 
that you really need to get because of the difficult matchups that lie ahead. Phoenix is, is one of those where you don't want to win just because it's the first one. You want to win because it's a very winnable game in the context of this seeding tournament, this seeding game schedule. So they'll know that. There's a lot of emphasis on tomorrow for all of the reasons, but um, a strong start in these first two games is, is absolutely critical. And we're, we're just going to have to see if they've used kind of this, this period, um, these exhibition games, to really find the style, the, the mix that they need with this group to optimize how, how, well, they're, how well they can play and, and play to everybody's strengths. Because obviously, it's a totally different group than they ended the season with. And no matter how much time they spent together, it's, it's still a difficult transition to learn how to get the most out of this particular group that they're, that they're going into these games with. So it, it all finally starts for real, and we will, we will see soon enough where they're at and, and what kind of a chance they have past this weekend to really put pressure on, on the Magic and the Nets. All right, guys, let's then talk just a little bit about the idea of what that play-in would be if the Wizards are able to make up that ground. Um, it would be a double elimination play-in series between the teams that are within those four games where essentially, let's say, the Wizards are, are still in nine and just they're within four of the eight seed. They would then need to uh, beat that team twice. So it would be a double elimination two-game series where uh, if the eight seed wins, that's it. They're in. They get the eight seed. If the Wizards were to win, they would then have to win again. And then it would be the Wizards. So way too far out to predict or dive into anything like that. Just wanted to clear up and clarify what those rules are going to be. So, again, the Wizards just need to get within four games of whoever it is sitting in the eighth seed, uh, and they, they would trigger then that play-in series. But let's focus in a little bit on this weekend's games, Phoenix and Brooklyn, two teams that are both in the middle, as we, we already mentioned, Brooklyn a little bit, but Phoenix also on the outside looking in. That's who the Wizards will start with on Friday. And I think first and foremost, the Wizards focus, and Coach Scott Brooks mentioned this, today after practice is just slowing down Devin Booker, who is as diverse and talented a young scorer as there is in the league. He can get his points from just about anywhere and then is a more than capable playmaker for them. So everything really runs through him. When you guys look at Phoenix, what do you see? I mean, Booker's the focal point. He's going to be the, the best player on the court, no doubt about it. Um, so finding a way to, to mix your defensive coverages up against him is key. Uh, I, I mean, being in Wizards practice today, which was also kind of treated as their shoot-around, I mean, they're prepared, they're willing to, to do whatever it takes. But um, as they were reminded, Phoenix has a lot of talented players. They have some really good shooters in Cam Johnson, along with Booker. Cam Payne, who just came join them, is a pretty streaky scorer himself. Mikel Bridges has become a much better shooter. Uh, really one of the best uh, two-way wing, young wings in the game. And then you look at Ricky Rubio, Dario Sarge, I mean, and DeAndre Ayton, who's shooting threes now too. There's definitely shooting amongst this group, um, but they're very particular about, like, where they like the ball. Uh, Booker's kind of the only one who's really multidimensional when it comes to scoring the basketball. So I think that is a key, but Rubio's super underrated on both ends of the court. Um, and, it, again, the Wizards have won some really crazy games against the Suns the last couple of years, but those are all offensive shootouts. If that happens in this game, I don't see the Wizards being able to keep up with them. So it's going to come down to them defending Booker, defending the paint. 
100%. I think being able to, being able to, it's, it's, it's hard to say you need to limit Booker because his usage is just always going to be through the roof. He is obviously their, their go-to scorer. And not to take too much out of these scrimmages, but I was just looking back just a bit, and um, Mikel Bridges has, came out in these scrimmages and just shot the ball very well. Um, I, I don't want to take too much from, you know, how he fits into their general scheme once they start playing games that matter, things like that. But he just he just shot a very good percentage, and we know from watching him in college, from watching him start to grow in the NBA, that he is a, a really, really capable scorer of being really efficient. And when you have somebody like that next to Booker who is, is going to get his shots, he will be a volume um, – He's just going to have – he's going to have the ball. He's going to shoot the ball a lot. Uh, having somebody like Bridges, having a more traditional scorer like Aiton, who's, who's added something to his game, makes it really, really difficult. And that, that just puts the emphasis on how, can, how well can the Wizards defend all these, all these players and be able to dictate the pace of the game a little bit. Yeah, and we started talking about the Wizards' desperation and how quickly they need to move to – climb the standings and, and force that play in situation. The Suns are in a very similar situation. They're six games back of eight. Uh, so they need to move just as fast, but it's going to be even more challenging for them because the West is, there's a pool of five or six teams that are fighting for those, those last two spots. Um, so I think, I think it's a pretty sure bet that Phoenix is going to throw its best, its best punch on Friday because they're going to figure out quickly if they even have a, a chance to fight back into it. So they have to throw everything they have uh, at the Wizards. I'm sure they look at it as an opportunity to jump out to a fast start, just as the Wizards look at the Suns as an opportunity to jump out to a fast start. And, you know, I, I think we had talked about it on a couple episodes prior where these teams that are fighting for the seven and eight seeds are actually the most intriguing storylines during this seeding period. All the teams that have their spots clinched, you know, it's not going to be the same level as, scrimmage play or anything like that but those teams all have their eyes on the postseason a couple weeks down the line the Wizards the Suns the Magic the Nets um, the, the Grizzlies and Mavericks trying to fight people off for the seven and eight seed in the Western Conference are I, I think those are going to be the most fun games to watch I believe uh, Portland and Memphis actually tip things off uh, Friday night as well which is going to be you know, as important a game as there is played during the seeding period so while a matchup against the Suns under normal circumstances might not be the one that draws the most attention for the fans. These are the games to watch out for. These are the games where you're going to get the most effort and intensity from these guys. And the same thing is the case for the Wizards Sunday opponent, which is the Nets. And I think there's a lot to break down with the Nets. Their roster has been through as much uh, turnover as anybody's in these last couple weeks. Um, COVID related, non COVID related, everything like that. They've, they've had, um, a lot of key players uh, opt out and that they won't see down in Orlando and they had to replace them with a bunch of different guys. But um, when you guys look at Brooklyn or what's left of Brooklyn, uh, what do you see? There's still some talent there for sure. Um, none of them are really, you know, they're not going to impact the game on the stat sheet as much as uh, you'd think with like a Kyrie Irving uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, Karis LeVert can get points, but he's also a really good defender. And then 
Jared Allen is like the definition of the guy who does the little things. Same with Joe Harris. Joe Harris can shoot the lights out. We know that. Um, so they're really good role players. I think Harris has the potential to break out here. Um, but outside of those three, it's a lot of young players or uh, misfit pieces they've brought in that haven't even played in the NBA this year, like Jamal Crawford, Justin Anderson was with the Wizards at one point, and uh, some, some others as well. But, uh, you know, they've got another fellow Latvian in Rodion Kuruks, who I think is a really underrated player who hasn't gotten a ton of play this year. Um, so they have pieces. Every team is talent. It's just making sure that talent clicks together. And I just foresee the Wizards having a bit more of the chemistry edge to that group who have really not been together most of the year. Yeah, no question. Tyler Johnson is an interesting player to me on this on this Nets roster just because we've always seen him find ways to hurt the Wizards. And he also is um, – he, he certainly has something to prove in this period for for the Nets. But, of course, I mean, Lavert is going to take on a really, a really huge part of this team. He's going to take on a big scoring load. He's done it. He did it in their scrimmages. Jared Allen, same thing. But – they have, I mean, Zan and Musa, Rodin's Kurz, yeah, they, they have some guys that were drafted fairly high. Certainly they, they've been assessed to have some above-average NBA talent. They just obviously have not had a chance to show it, and they're going to get that chance. I, I, agree with, I agree with you, Zach, 100% that the Wizards' chemistry in this, in this particular scenario, coupled with the fact that this is – one of the most critical games that the Wizards will play in this, in this schedule. Um, I think it just all, all bodes really well for the team that's played together the most and we will see what happens, but I, I certainly like the Wizards chances in this game. I know that they will be, they will be locked in for this game and um, yeah, we'll just have to see how all of those pieces go together, but the Nets have the talent just like any NBA team, but especially with guys like Joe Harris, um, Garrett Temple even, who they they can have these games where if you give them too much space, if you're not focused on guarding the perimeter, if you're not focused on just playing a complete game of defense, you're you're still going to get hurt by this team. And and I think that that's something that we've seen it all year as a focus from Scott Brooks, but will be really, really harped on heading into this game. Yeah, they're just solid. And that's what they've been for the last few years. They're deep and they play as a team. And, you know, even before – Kevin Durant arrived. He obviously hasn't played a game for them, but before they became a team defined by superstars, he and Kyrie Irving, they were just solid from top to bottom and deep and could do a bunch of different things. And even with the amount of guys that they have out, impact guys too, it just, you look at the roster and it's, okay, they're missing some scoring and where's the playmaking going to come from and stuff like that. But there's still some guys that you look at it and it's like, okay, that if, if we don't show up, that guy's a problem. And yeah. I think Mal Crawford is the X factor. If he's anywhere close to what he was, um, when he last played, which was not this season, then you know, is that the shooting? Is that the scoring that they're looking for, that they need to fill the gap? Um, Brooklyn is an unknown as there is in this uh, seeding game period, so it'll be interesting to see. And especially as they you – know, we talked about if they have that lack of chemistry, if things break down late in the shot clock. I mean, Jamal Crawford is the ultimate bailout bucket type player. And, and if they need him to do that and he's put in the position, you know, we'll see what kind of minutes he, he logs for them and all of that. But he, he is the kind of player where if you, if he has the ball late in the shot clock, if he has the ball really ever, he can create his own shot still. And I know that players throughout the league still 
still 100% believe that he has that ability to do it at a high level. And we're, I'm certain we're going to get a chance to see it um, come, come these, these seeding games, no question about it, but there's they're they're back to their roots of being the, the sum of all parts type team. And, and we'll see how well they can put it all together. Yeah, no doubt. And we should mention, we won't dive into it too deep, but uh, that Brooklyn game on Sunday afternoon is the first of the Wizards one back-to-back that they'll face during the seeding period. Every team down there has at least, or has just one back-to-back on their schedule. The Wizards get it out of the way early, uh, but an important one against Indiana. Nonetheless, anytime you're facing an Eastern Conference foe, not one necessarily within the Wizards' reach, but they'll have a chance there. That is uh, a roster that I think there's still a lot of question marks with, but um, that's an important one. So they will have a, a quick turnaround, and that will be important. I think, though, before we go, Rosen, we haven't done this in a couple episodes. You are down there and on the ground with the team and seeing everything behind the scenes. Um, you know, we've heard from coaches and players ramping up, getting into game mode, sounding ready, excited to get out there and stuff like that. How have you seen, uh, whether it's the mood or the approach or – protocol or guys routines or things like that change over the last let's say 10 days or so a week with whatever it's been how are how are they ramping up behind the scenes for for the restart I think it's just doing the same thing they've been doing which is you know get ready um, practice or play and then recover um, recovery is so key going in the cold tub getting treatment being easy on their legs um, and then lifting and all that I mean if nothing has changed I think that's what makes it so natural is they don't need to do anything differently. But with three games in four days, the recovery plan is going to be very regimented. And um, the coaching staff, I mean, now it's more so playing, paying attention to other uh, players that they're going up against, the personnel. With a preseason game, you're not really as worried about, you know, specifically guarding another team's players. But now that you can focus in on the opponents and who their, their top players are and who might not be a good matchup on defense for you, um, you're able to to dive into that a little bit more. So that's kind of the difference. I think the coaches are probably working much harder on the opponents rather than their own players. Um, but that's why there's a development staff to focus on the Wizards players. And there's a whole, you know, scouting portion of coaching from the assistants and, and the guys on the bench. So um, it really, nothing changes a ton. It's just more of a hyper-focus and recovery will Definitely be handy on Saturday, and then after the game on Sunday, there's going to need to be as much as possible. It's, it's not like it stops. You know, they play again Wednesday. So, um, for everyone, it, it's going to be a, a, a rude awakening, I think, um, just in terms of your body. But hopefully the Wizards feel good after the first one. Um, manage minutes a little bit on Saturday-Sunday split. You know, maybe you go out, get out to a big league in the third or fourth quarter on Sunday and you, you're able to rest guys or vice versa. Unfortunately, you're trailing by a lot and some guys get to rest. You know, things can happen within the game. But um, these guys are young. They have young legs. And, you know, the average age of the starting lineup is like 22. So that helps a little bit. No doubt about it. It would be fun to see play out completely unprecedented scenarios. I think the strategies employed by teams all the way across the league will we'll mirror that. There's going to be some stuff that we haven't seen before. But uh, the last four months have been a slow build, but now that it's here, it's going to happen fast. Um, Rosen, like you mentioned, it'll, it'll tip off tomorrow, and that'll be a three-game and four-day stretch that the Wizards will have to face diving right into it, eight games in 13 days overall. But uh, we're back. It's happening. Um, 4 p.m. tip, Friday afternoon against the Suns on NBC Sports Washington. 
Uh, and then, like we mentioned, the Sunday, Monday, back-to-back -back next week. So we will check in again probably early next week and, and recap some of the stuff that we've seen and, and preview the games to come.